0: What if I just deleted every episode I've already posted and started over? There, Because I, like, scroll through. I don't even think I could guess the number of hours of voice recordings on this phone right now that I don't want to post ever. Because here's the problem. Here's the problem with being a podcaster. I'm not even, I don't even think I would call myself that. But here's the problem with trying to start a podcast. I have all these ideas and things I want to talk about. And, like, one in every ten sentences I say is really good. It's really funny. And I play it back and I'm like, "Huh, I like that. That's something you can really sit on that." And I keep going and I keep listening and I'm like, mm, maybe not that. No, ooh. I listen to other podcasts. I think the things I don't like that they discuss, I'm like, wow. So if these professionals sound like garbage, what am I doing? You know, so do I just start all over? Because here's the nonsense that is in the voice memos on my phone. So can we just come out and say that a little part of all of us wants to be DJs? I don't know. I was watching a frat boy on my TikTok mix songs and I just... That universal experience, do all of us have a little itch inside of us, do nothing all day, except to like really get inside the beat and manipulate lyrics and just party all the time? Is that just like the ideal human condition? No? All right. In chase of that. Okay. I'm going to let that one go. I've been seeing signs that's like, you should probably make a podcast that has a more precise topic. Like strawberry milk mo- mobs, strawberry milk pod. Sorry, that was hard to say they were even like, yeah, we will have more specific topics moving forward, and then I was reading a post from Vogue, a post, a blog, I need a blog post from Vogue, where I really like the Vogue, the Run Through the Vogue podcast, so it was the girl who runs it talking about, like, yeah, podcasts are really hard, it takes us, like, two editors, two producers, and a whole week long to produce every single, like, 20-30 minute long episode, I'm like, you know, mine takes me about 20 minutes to record, and, like, okay, like, an hour to edit, it takes a while to edit it, but you know I feel like this could be a higher production and then Morgan Absher was on I think what was she on vulnerable I don't know she was also talking about how she like would have to skip going out on weekends so she would have time to quality record her and edit and upload and promote her podcast and she's like it's not a part-time thing you have to really commit to it um well obviously I'm still going out on weekends but and like Alex Earl does that but then she doesn't do anything else you know well, she does, like, brand partnerships, like, the girl does work hard, like, I, have you guys ever clicked the link in Alex Earl's bio? It is the most, like, well-constructed website, I don't know if just a lot of influencers have those, and I've never noticed, it looks like that would take hours to design, anyway, um, where was I going with this? I actually don't know, I have no idea where I was going with this, point of story, I was like, should I just scrap everything and, like, actually focus my these podcast episodes, or do you guys like how authentic and obscure and random these are? Because I kind of do, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Do I want to post this episode, like, in hindsight, two seconds after I just said it? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. This is weird. I'm in a weird paradox right now. Um, yeah. Okay. So, whatever. Look, listen, stop. Whatever. I filmed an episode yesterday. Here you go. Go listen to it. Bye. Okay, quick trigger warning. I do talk a little bit about eating disorders, um, in this episode. Hey, my pretties. I am in the best mood ever today. it doesn't really make any sense why i just feel like everything in my life is clicking i had like a super good evening yesterday and was super productive and i don't know if i'm just like so sleep deprived and over caffeinated i'm like energetic or if just nothing i'm gonna say this whole episode or anything i've said all day will make any sense like i can't tell if i love my outfit today or i'm just like delirious i don't know well basically today's what a tuesday I had a big weekend. I was in Minnesota all weekend, so big, like, five-hour drive Sunday. I didn't go home too, too late. I think by, like, 9, 10, like, cleaned up a little bit, went to bed. Then, you know, I had a whole day Monday at work, and I feel like after a big weekend, like, you don't really get a break when you do love traveling then go back to work Monday. It's a little tired, and then I came home, and I don't know. I just power-houred through it. I really thought I was going to take a nap, but then my friend FaceTimed me, so me and her just chatted. She was doing some, like, law school homework, so I just got a ton of graphic design work done and I kind of just had a bit of the zoomies after so I made my boyfriend's anniversary gift which was really good because I did like a thoughtful art scene one so it like took a little bit of energy so I was super productive and then okay I don't know if anyone else's laptop has been doing this. Mine has been being such a butthole. It keeps, like, setting the date and time wrong. Like, every time I open it, it's, like, not even close. So I have to go into settings and hit, like, refresh date and time. I don't know. So I thought it was, like, 10 p.m. And me and my friend were joking on FaceTime. Like, my clock hit, like, 8. I was like, yes, it's an acceptable time to go to bed. Like, that's just, like, all thing is, is, like, finding things to fill your evening after work till it's, like, acceptable to go to bed. But... I saw it hit 10, I'm like, okay, perfect, I'm exhausted, my eyes are, like, dripping closed, I'm going to bed, so I, like, get all tucked into bed, I see someone calls me, and I vividly remember it being 9.16 p.m., I'm like, what, that's weird, Like, whatever, like, I, my eyes are closing, I'm going to be a horrible conversationalist right now, I'm going to call them back later, so I go to bed at 9.16, I wake up, also, for some reason, vividly remember the time on my phone, I've also been trying to go on my phone less, I delete, did delete Instagram for a little bit, and what else did I do? My Snapchat notifications are off. I turn a lot of my notifications off because they're making me really stressed out. I'm me mean, turning my phone on Do Not Disturb more just because it's like annoying that every time I like don't want to do I pick my phone up. Like I need to just stare at something. Like look at the cloud. Like you know, whatever. But I feel like I'm late to the game, which, Like a lot of people have been doing like social media cleanses and using do not disturb, I just, like, never did, and I'm deciding, i honestly, say it's more for an online shopping person, I need to stop getting, like, shopping and sale updates, like, it's too intrusive, like, I cannot be getting, like, 10 of them a day, like, it's, it's just too much, I need to just buy things when I need them and freaking relax, but anyway, so I remember looking at my phone when I randomly woke up, just because I was, like, curious what time it was, like, how much more time do I have to sleep before my alarm goes off, it's, like, right before 1am, it's, like, 1254am, And I was, like, wide awake, so I started, I woke up to, like, a lot of texts from the person I do graphic design for, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll get started on these. So I start banging out before I know, like, an hour or two goes by, I'm like, huh, that was really productive. I, like, send them over, and they are like, yeah, first draft, like, looks great. So that was cool. Um, So I got a ton of stuff done there, like, stuff I thought was going to take me all week, and I was done by Monday night. So I'm like, okay, that's sick. And then I just kind of scrolled on TikTok, I was like, I'll probably watch, like, three videos and fall back asleep, you know, like whatever, um, no, just stayed up all the way till my alarm went off at 5 a.m., and I had the most productive morning ever, um, I did my laundry, (laughs) I cleaned my dishes, I took a shower, I, like, got fully ready, like, curled my hair did my makeup, looks super cute, in my opinion, um, do you guys want an off of the right now? I'm wearing these, it kind of looks like cowgirl boots, but if you took out all the cowgirl boot details, like, they're, um, calf almost knee-high boots that are just like solidly like, kind of like scrunch does that make sense like I don't know kind of just like do like, a leather bag and put over my ankle it's like a really really light tan almost beige color I don't know um pointed toe and like a brown sole so I'm wearing that that was really descriptive of my shoe no one no one cares um I'm wearing Adidas like super thick socks because my office is freezing I'm wearing a little black knit dress with a green sweater over it that like kind of goes over my hands a little bit tired I like it Um, And then, like, I've been liking that headband trend where you do that big, like, sporto looking headband that we also do when we're 12. So I did that. I feel pretty cute today. Uh, Am I cute because I'm cute or am I cute because I'm tan right now with my nails done? That's probably what it is. Whatever. Moving on. Um, Yeah, I made, like, a big breakfast. It was great. And then um, went to work, was super productive today. Like, got everything I wanted done, done. I mean, I usually do. I'm pretty on the ball with it. I'm like a perfectionist about like, you know how I started doing my to-do list? I've been putting them in my Outlook calendar as like 15 minute appointments or like I'll make it longer if I know the task takes like way longer than 15 minutes. And then like once it's done, I like delete the appointment and that's become my to-do list. I really like it because you can like just drag your emails into Outlook. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is when this email needs to be responded to, but I have like something more urgent. So I'll put this in like three hours later in my day and then my whole day ends up being stacked with things to do all day long. And I love it. And, like, stuff comes up, so, like, obviously I can't get to the appointment, and I don't delete it, and I'll just know to come back to it. Then if I need, like, reference notes from a meeting, I just, like, keep it in the Outlook appointment, and I can, like, go back to the exact day we had that meeting and pull up the notes. I don't know. I've been vibing with it. But, okay. That's not why I want to talk about this episode. What I wanted to talk about is... Like I said, this is becoming an Emma Chamberlain rewatch podcast, but whatever. She recently had a really cool episode about the concept of cringe, and I really like that she does certain podcast episodes where she really deep dives into a social phenomenon or a social topic and talks about what it means to her, what she thinks it should mean. Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? And It was, it was a very good episode if you guys want to go listen to it. I found it very fascinating. So I was listening to a couple podcasts and I felt like the word toxic kept being brought up and that's not like a new word. I remember in like middle school referring to like one of my friendships as toxic. Like it's nothing but I don't know why it kind of makes my skin crawl. Like I don't know why I just I don't like calling people fake. I like calling people toxic. I don't know why. Because I do think they're real. Like, I've been fake before. Like, there have been times where I had to pretend to be nicer and more interested than I was because the person I was talking to is important in some sense. Either, like, someone in my life they're important to or they're important in my career. So, like, I've been fake before. But, like, my thought process with the word fake is, like, no one's fake. But, you know what I mean? Like, we're all living our best life, making the best calculated decisions based on information we have. Like, humans don't have the energy to, like, be authentic to every single person, like, even you being fake in some ways is being, I don't know how to explain it, I just feel like, sh- I can't really think of anyone in my life I've talked to where I'm like, yeah, they were so fake, I don't know, like, th- you can be fake for a moment, an instance, a couple hours, a conversation, but, like, I don't think any person is fully, entirely fake, like, they're a real person with hopes, dreams, struggles, when they lay their head at night, something keeps them up, they have things they want, like, I don't know, it's, like, yes, I would agree there are people who, like, act fake, but, it's, like, I wouldn't say that's an overall fine quality of who they are 90% of the time. I've never met anyone like that. Maybe I've been very fortunate not to meet someone like that. But, I don't know, I just feel like I think it's pretty easy to, like, see through someone being fake. You can see, like, why they have that goal to put on the fake mask. Like, you can see what they're striving for. But, anyways, I want to take kind of that theory and figure out how I feel about the word toxic. Ooh, it makes my skin crawl. I think my gut feeling when I think of the word toxic is if someone's toxic to you, they kind of bring out your worst. They, you kind of lose your sense of rationality and you get into a really emotional pit where you're going back and forth, back and forth with someone else. Or maybe it's a concept, maybe you have a toxic relationship with like food or something. I don't know. That was an example. But like, it's just something or someone is bringing out a side of you that brings out your irrational emotional worst. And it, it's like a rabbit hole. Like once you start, you can't stop. It's like addicting. And I think that's what makes it really toxic. So I kind of wanted to look up like the scientific definition of toxic here and then just like see how much that relates to like toxic. I think. The most common way I'm thinking of the word toxic is like a toxic relationship, either romantic or like friendship. Because so the two podcasts I was listening to is Strawberry Milk Mom came out with a podcast. I was so excited about it because I love Strawberry Milk Mom. I like she kind of lives my dream life. She runs her own bikini line, travels the world, lives in gorgeous Vancouver, Canada. Like has a business with her sisters, and she looks so fun and cute and nice. But now they have a podcast. I listened to all the three episodes that are out in one day today. I loved it. Like it's I think it's my number two like favorite podcast right now. So I listened to that, and I listened to Father Knows Something. So in the Strawberry Milk Mob podcast, it was it wasn't the main girl Georgia Strawberry; it was her sister. I think Sabrina's her name. I'm, like, 90% sure it's Sabrina. Um, the sister was talking about how, like, she likes to go for the guy who's, like, the loudest, life of the party, like, when he walks in the room, people are like, oh, hey, he's here. And then Georgia was like, oh, like, you like the toxic guys. And she, the girl was like, why does that make him toxic? Like, that's just kind of guy, I like, I like the extroverted life of the party guy. And I would agree. I don't think that's what would make a relationship toxic. Um, and then when I was listening to Father Knows Something, so the Too Hot Takes Sister podcast. No, 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 it wasn't that. It was Morgan Absher from Two Hot Takes was on, what was it called? Some Disney Channel Stars podcast. I don't even listen to in the podcast. I only listen to it because Morgan Absher was on it. I think it the V, I think I'm, like, 90% sure it's vulnerable. They were talking about something toxic, too. Um, was it a relationship? A friendship? I don't know. But then, so, like, I was thinking of that word, like, twice a I feel like it's just used a lot. Like, a lot of people are like, yeah, that's toxic. Where I'm like i think saying something's toxic reflects a lot worse on you than the thing that's toxic it's like you don't have the self-control when this thing or person is put in front of you to rein in your own self-judgment and self-understanding does that make sense like i'm thinking i would probably define like a situation i've had in the past as toxic like we both didn't really respect the other and like we had an that like, intense feelings, but, like, we just kind of, like, act like we we're dating and we didn't even know each other, so, but I don't think that's toxic, I think that's my fault, I think I, like, didn't take it slow and didn't take the chance to form a friendship, like, I think it's on me that it was toxic, like, I don't think it's on that person, and I'm thinking back, I had a friend in middle school who, like, even my parents would, like, define that as toxic, it was, it was bad, like, the girl was not nice, and I don't think, and that one, I don't think it's anything I did to her, I honestly think it was, like, my fault she was toxic, I wouldn't, like, trying to instigate fights with her she was just someone who liked to pick fights but then looking back on it i think what was toxic about it was i didn't have the self-control to realize she like maybe wasn't a good person and wasn't a good friend like i shouldn't really have ever associated with her i even think of sports like gracie gold a really good figure skater recently wrote a book about like being an athlete and how the figure skating community really didn't help her eating disorder but here's the thing she already had an eating disorder much, much prior to skating. Skating and her coaches and her jumping kind of just brought it to the surface. So I think that's what's toxic is that you have a predisposed problem in advance and then some kind of person situation sport brings it out and you can't control it and i think that's what's toxic so i'm really thinking of like jeanette mccurdy's book like i'm glad my mom died this jeanette mccurdy the girl who played sam on i carly talks a lot about how hollywood really really was so bad for her bad for her mental health and like really bad for her eating disorder and I felt like when she was talking about it, she compares herself to Miranda Crossgrove a lot, who's kind of like Nickelodeon's sweetheart. She lived a very similar public life to Jeanette, but Miranda, the girl who played Carly Night Carly, she walked away pretty unscathed. She still seems pretty happy with Hollywood. I was literally just watching her to talk today about how she put out like some bangers in her singing career. Like she's a very talented girl and she seems, obviously I don't know her, but she seems like overall happy. So I think, but they're both in the exact same environment. So how can you call Hollywood a toxic environment when one girl comes out feeling fine, finding her place in it, feeling happy. And then another girl comes out completely scathed and dreading it. I think it's because I listened to Jeanette McCurdy's book. It's because of all the other outside environmental factors that made Hollywood bad for her. She never wanted to go into acting. She never liked acting. Her mom forced her into it. Um, she already had an eating disorder because of her mother acting kind of similar to Gracie Gold is just what brought it out because the environment made it worse. So I think something that makes something toxic, a lot of it depends on your support system and the environment around the entire thing. Like when I had this bad friend in middle school or this kind of weird die situation, it was like because my friends were kind of isolated from it. Like I had some friends in the same friend group with the girl from middle school, but like when me and her hung out alone, like they wouldn't be there to support me and like stop her from doing something bad to me. Where, or when I was with this guy, it was just me and him. Like he didn't really know any of my friends. So I didn't have a better community to help me pull me out of they there wasn't someone there to tell me like hey this person brings out the worst in you you should get out I didn't have that self-control in myself I didn't realize the entire environment around the situation was bad so I think that's more what toxic comes down to is it's for some reason it's a person or situation where the environment you're in coupled with your own self-control and like good judgment plus your community all three of those things are down so you let this bad thing into your life it's kind of just like Your um, natural instinct, your survival instinct, it's broken for a sec. For some reason, everyone has different tickers. Everyone has different things that, like, unlogically impact them. And probably if you talk to a therapist, they'll trace it back to something in childhood. So I guess for me, it's the two things I can think of were, like, a guy and a best friend I had. So I guess the therapist will be like, "I'm," and this is true, like, I think people play a big role in my life, are big motivators in who I am and what I do. So sometimes I can be a little bit vulnerable because I really want someone to like me when maybe I don't need them to so uh yeah that's kind of i think my thoughts on the word toxic i think the word toxic really applies a lot more to you and how you're handling a situation than what the person is like because i feel like a toxic person doesn't go about their day being like i'm gonna be toxic today and ruin this person's life like they're doing what they think is the right thing it's just not but like it's okay like maybe someone else could handle that quality of person like Blair Waldorf has best friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the meanest, craziest people you know, like, have people who unconditionally love them. Like, it's, that happens. It's normal. It's just finding the person that fits for you. Um, okay. Well, now I'm at coaching practice, so this will have to be continued later. But I thought this would be an interesting topic to talk about for today. So, yeah. And this also has nothing to do with the Talk Toxic To Me podcast. I love that podcast. And I like using toxic and like, that aspect. I like using that verbiage of the word where it's like funny where it's like for the drama for the plot for the humor versus like actually calling someone toxic I'm like "Mm, you should probably just like reflect back in on yourself why someone else makes you act or feel toxic does that make sense makes sense to me okay cool love you guys bye okay anyways I'm back power class went really well it was really fun I love teaching my kiddos It was really cute. Um, there's a tornado warning here. I was gonna work out, but I'm thinking I might just go home. The wind is picking up, like, crazy bananas, so I guess I'm going to the gym tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to get carried away in a storm. Cool. Okay, so I looked up the scientific definition of the word toxic. It says poison it, poisonous the dumping of toxic waste as an example so like i guess when you're thinking of it scientifically like what's something poisonous should we look up what poisonous means can i just click that um very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way i knew i knew underneath the scientific one there was going to be like example a toxic relationship so it's pervasive i'm thinking kind of like a leech like invasive ish insidious i actually don't even know what the word insidious means outside of like the um or franchise, but we'll look into it. So, poisonous means a substance or plant causing or incapable of causing death or illness if taken into the body, which totally makes sense. If something's toxic for you, like I kind of already explained, at least in my point of view of it, like your survival instincts aren't working, your body can't fight, whatever this is. It's almost like, I feel like an emotional threat to your survival is when something's toxic to you. Does that make sense? Like, if something's, like, a spider is toxic or poisonous to you or toxic waste, that's, like, a chemical substance. But I guess, and, like, people have been knowing, like, I was listening to outtakes, and talk about how, like, stress can literally alter your chemical makeup and your DNA. So maybe there are some things and people that are so like quote-unquote toxic that they mess with your chemical makeup because they stress you out so much you change who you are and it impacts your ability to survive and feel calm and like be yourself and be your best self so, like, another example of poison is, like, an animal producing poison means it's attacking its enemy or enemy or prey, venomous. So, maybe that has something to do with the definition of toxic, too. Like, maybe the person in your life who might be toxic either sees you as an enemy or sees you as prey, which is why they feel the need to, like, play emotional games with you. That's totally positive. Another thing could mean extremely unpleasant or malicious. So, that, I guess, makes sense. Um, then, okay, what does insidious mean? Just because I'm curious. Insidious is proceeding in a gradual, subtle way, but with harmful effects. Oh, like, apparently an STI could be insidious because, like, it might not have symptoms right away, but it could build up over time. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I really had on the topic. I think that covered all the main points I wanted to. So, like, for example, I don't think Hollywood in itself is toxic because there's people who it really works out well for. I think there's definitely toxic aspects of it, but not any more so than like most industries. I mean, maybe it is more so just like in different ways. Like there's really great pros, with really heavy cons in it. Because you can see somebody like Miranda Crossgrove came out with the exact same TV show, exact same industry with much better results than like Jeanette McCurdy. So like if someone's toxic, maybe they're not toxic to everyone. Maybe for whatever reason, they see you as a threat and you both kind of like trigger each other's flight or flights. I don't know if I think if it's inherent, like, if it's nature or nurture, like, do you think we're just born with soulmates and then born with people who are toxic to us? Like, if you ever put us in a room together, we would never, ever get along, like, just our innate values and, like, DNA makeup will make us incompatible together? Or do you think I'm thinking it's more nurtures your environment? For example, with, like, eating disorders, that's a lot of parents putting pressure on you or, like, society and images reflecting on how you see yourself in social media. In other words, I also kind of like want to dive into society. I feel like it was such like a buzzword to use in your papers and like AP Lang, but like what is society? It's like people and culture, but it's also more and less. Like it means so much. I feel like it almost means nothing. Does that really like make sense? Like society is just such a blanket term for like just human beings behaving and general waves of patterns, you know, And she's got, like, this big blanket for, like, anything humans ever do, ever, I guess. So it's kind of a weird concept. But anyway, back to the idea of, like truly being toxic like so i'm thinking of the gossip girl episode where lily says like my mother's toxic but her mother ended up having a very close relationship so like i don't think any person is inherently toxic and can never not be toxic and will forever and always be toxic and there's nothing you can do about it i think anyone can learn and grow given the right nourishment environment it might be hard you might not be the person meant to do it for them but then i also think too like say you're recognizing something's toxic for you like you are getting halfway through a relationship like early and you're like you know what this is terrible we're fighting back and forth with each other like this is toxic I think maybe you should really like root down in the root cause like what are you doing that's toxic what is like your inherent fear that's being triggered by the situation so you can kind of figure out how to get yourself out of it and just kind of not even like take the high road just kind of like relax meditate it out of your system reel it back and then be around people in situations that aren't toxic. And so I don't know. It's just like the thought I had that like, what is toxic? What motivates? Because like I said, I don't think a toxic person would ever say they are toxic. I don't think they have the awareness to know they are. I think toxic is a way that you, it's like an adjective, not a noun. I don't think anything is inherently a toxic, is toxic. Like, I don't think it's like, you know, some people can be nice or happy. I don't think you can be toxic as like one of those descriptors. I think it's a way that you project onto something else. It's like, I feel toxic in this situation. Like, it's like feeling unsafe. A person is unsafe. They do something that is unsafe. Does that make sense? So they do something that is toxic versus being toxic, I think might be my opinion. Because like, for example, the Girl, I used to be friends with a long, long time ago. Like, I literally, like, physically thought of myself as, like, cutting around my life. Like, I literally visualized the scissors and, boop, like, cutting it. So it's not cutting the toxicity out of my life. It's cutting something that triggers me to feel toxic, you know? Or feel like I'm in a toxic environment. Kind of same thing. But also, okay, I wonder if everyone's, like, no, I know everyone's not. like this. actually that was a fact my friend texts her ex, like, literally 80 times a day. But, like, I go cold turkey. Like, if I need something gone, I just go, hitcho, 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 bye-bye. Like it's just, out like I'll never, like I genuinely will never think about it again. I'll cry it all out in like a really, really intense two second long cry session and then I'm like, okay, whoo done, over it, gonna distract myself till it goes away. Like that's for real, for real how I handle all my problems. Like I just book a plane ticket and distract myself with people I care about more, till I forget why I even cared about the dumb thing I cared about. Is that a problem? Probably. gonna do anything about it? I don't know, probably not. Is that toxic? Probably. <laughs> not cause. wait okay I've recently really been into like a life's too short mode in my mind I don't know what it is but like we're just I don't know we're just like little animals popping around the earth like literally nothing we do matters like everything you do matters like there's people who care about you that are impacted by your movements and actions like a butterfly flaps its way across the world and you know starts a hurricane like everything every reaction has an equal and positive reaction blah 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 but there's like so many cycles of life and earth and organisms and micro things that you never see like i'm passing an old mansion right now like how many particles of dust are in there like there are things on such a microscopic level there are things on such a ginormous level like outer space like and know there's all these like voodoo in between dimension things like I saw on tiktok how sirens might be real one of the comments was like yeah sirens are just like these kind of mermaids from another dimension but sometimes they can enter into our world from portals in the deep sea and there's like manifestation and people can like hear a voice on the other side and ghosts like there is so much out there and so much going on so i've really been the point of life like just do what makes you happy like obviously solve your problems but like will they really matter no like in the ground one day you know you know i don't know oh There's hello. That was freaked me out. Okay. I've also been telling people this. I get like borderline a seizure. Every time I see blue and red flashing, like, cop and ambulance lights, I think makes I've had, like, just bad run-ins, not like I am wasn't running from the law, you guys, just, like, you're driving along, like, you're not trying to cause any harm to anyone, maybe you're going, like, five over the speed limit on accident. You see those big blue and red blaring lights. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's probably something I need to get checked out in therapy. I literally get, like, visceral reactions when I see the blue and red lights. Even if I know they're completely not about me, nothing in the world's about me. Like, it's not about me. I freak out whenever I see them. Like, it puts me in such a state of paralyzing fear. Like, my sister got in an accident when she, like, told the car. And she said for, like, a year, anytime she got blue and red, saw blue and red cop, like, she almost got a panic attack. Like... I think, I know, I understand why cars have sirens and blue and red lights. So there's an emergency, they can, like, clear traffic and, like, fix the emergency. That makes so much sense. But I feel like there needs to be, like, maybe a yellow and pink light that's a little less bright. For if it's just, like, a traffic thing. You know, like, I feel like there should be level of severities to it. Because the blue and red, like, I think should reserve for, like, important, 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 like, danger. Like, if a, car, if a summer truck's, like, flipped over on the highway, blue and red light, get out of the way. Like, it's not safe. Where it was just like pink and yellow, like a cop's just pulling someone over for speeding. That should be a different level of severity so it doesn't cause traffic when everyone sees the lights and we don't all like get borderline epilepsy. Um, but you know, that I could go to like clubs and raves where the strobe lights are flashing on me all day long and it's, it doesn't matter. I don't know what it is. Anyway, that was a weird tangent. That wasn't necessary to anything I was discussing. Was anything I was discussing necessary? Like, no okay we're losing it we're losing it my train of thought and the start of this episode started so good and now my lack of sleep is catching up to me and it's not going swell. well I'm gonna go check the tornado warning see if I should do this workout or not or if that would be like a really incredibly insidiously bad idea I have a feeling it'd be an insidiously bad idea I think I should not go because I'm really tired so it's like the workout even gonna be productive but I was thinking about this so in my dream world I literally wrote this out to my text earlier today. I kind of liked my sleep schedule today. It was kind of nice waking up in the middle of the night when no one else was up and just, like, having time to do my chores. And I had way more energy to do them before work. And, like, okay, I've always told this way with skating. Like, right when you get on the ice when you skate, you have to do a warm-up lap. Like, you have to warm up all your jumps and your footwork. So you skate a lot better when you're warm-up. When I first get to work, I do warm-up tests. Like, I answer emails. I do, like, easier analytics. Like, or before I get to work, I'll do, like, the New York Times Games to start, like, warming my brain up. You know? So, like, I feel like I was so much more awake and present at work today because I already spent four hours earlier in my day, like, getting stuff done, waking my brain and body up. And it was really nice. So I'd be like, and, yeah, there's a way to do this in a less extreme way. You could also just, like, you know, work out before work. But then you're sweaty and gross. And I don't know. Anyway, what I was saying is in my dream world, I would wake up, so I would go to bed at 9 p.m. Like I did yesterday, somewhere between 9 and 10 p.m. Like around 9, 15, I would start trying to fall asleep, so I'm sound asleep by 10. So then I would sleep from 10 until like 2. My maybe my alarm goes off at three of the latest, so then I sleep in. So then I'm up early and I get my zoomies first thing. Like, sometimes if I wake up so early, I'm up so early, my body doesn't even like process that it's tired. I just like am ready to go. Like, that is sometimes I do my best workout sessions because like my brain's down the wake, so I'm like, if I'm gonna be up, I'm not gonna waste it. Like, I'm gonna go really hard and have a really good workout, you know? Where like, say I wake up at like seven I'm like oh I just want to stay in bed and keep sleeping so I have like this really nice threshold between four and five a.m. where I'll have like the best workouts of my life also not related but I think i might to go to a new gym because I just built a fire and police department next to my gym and I don't like that I think it's gonna be really annoying with the sirens I've also been thinking about moving apartments especially because now there's dumb fire stations close to my apartment and that's making me mad my apartment though two other things this week that made me really mad and that's not related to what I was discussing. And the minivan almost just ran into me. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. I hope you trip and fall on a banana. Whenever someone like annoys me in my life, that is the harm I wish on them. I hope they slip and fall on a banana peel like a cartoon character. I hope they don't get injured. I hope they are embarrassed. That's all. Ugh, can you make your turn? I hate people. Um, just kidding, I love a lot of people, but anyway. So I would wake up at like, so I would sleep from 9 till 2 or 3 a.m. I'd wake up, do all my laundry, dishes first thing in the morning, then go work out, take a shower, get ready for the day. So I'm ready and I would do like some like soft work, like, you know, answering emails, like ideating, doing trend research, doing creative stuff where I don't have to talk to anybody from 8 to 10 a.m. Then 10 a.m. I'd go in the office and do any meetings as necessary and then I could conduct any meetings over lunch and I would consider that part of my workday. So I've been working from 8 to 10 I keep working through lunch, like I do lunch meetings. I think they're so productive. It's so nice to have those like casual moments to really connect with people, and especially working in fashion, like you just need to discuss trends and culture because it's relevant to what you have to do in your job. So then I work like in the office from ten to two. Then I come home. I take a little nappy nap. So I nap from like two to six. Wake up at six, and I have like the day to like live my life. And I wake up from my little nappy nap, um, and then I go. I eat dinner. And I can do everyone. I, I can go shopping, I can go traveling, I can go out to dinner. And you might be like, Anita, what if you wanna like go out with your friends? It's gonna be annoying. No, it's really not. Because okay, say that was my day. I took my nap from like two to six. Then I'm up, I'm good, I'm well rested, I'm ready to go. So then I start living my life and then my friends are like, oh my gosh, let's go out after dinner. I'm like, okay, I have enough energy. I just nap. So I just stay up till 2 a.m. Like doing evening plans with my friends. So I go to bed at 2 and then sleep until 10 like a normal person on the weekends. And then so I have like a normal eight-hour sleep schedule. But the next day, if I want to reset it, all I have to do is wait till 9 and then sleep my four hours, wake up, go live my life, and then go take my other next four-hour nap. So it's really easy to reset either way. So, um, that's my thought process for how I could live a very awesome, cool, full life on a weird schedule, and my thoughts on the word toxic, and why I don't like blue and red complex. So there's today's episode for you guys. I'm a little sleep deprived, so, um, I'm gonna call this one, like, delirious thoughts by Anita. Alright, love you guys. Oh my gosh, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen in the entire world. That's what's gonna be the cover of this episode. There, so my apartment complex has a pool. There's currently a cover over the pool, and, like, rain kind of went on top of the cover, so there's, like, a little bit of water over the cover. There's little ducks swimming over the pool cover. I don't know why. I have think something about that's so ironic that they're swimming in that real body of water, but, like, they don't know. They're just dumb ducks. Like, they don't care what people do or what people constructs are. I don't know. I think that's beautiful. Well, I hope you find as much love, joy, and purpose as in your days I just found in these really adorable ducks. Oh, my gosh. I love ducks. Fun fact. I want to hug one right now. Um, yeah, so, cool. That's my day. Have a really fabulous evening, all of you, or day, or middle of the day, or whatever. Middle of the night, if you're like me, let's zoom these at 3 a.m. in the morning. 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to bed. Bye! <laughs> okay, so it's interesting, and this will wrap up the episode. It kind of goes with a point I put on earlier, I've been sick of getting, like, promotional um I guess messages on my lock screen like DoorDash telling me oh you can have like 50% off this order like that's great like I would love 50% off my order like thank you for letting me know but it just comes off so ingenuine and personal and it's all the time from all your brands that you have once given your email to for an online checkout or whatever like it's just so much and it's so saturated it's interesting because I work in marketing so like what I want to do is, I want to like help brands promote themselves. But then I, as a consumer, I hate it. I feel overwhelmed. I feel bogged down. I feel like it takes your money without caring about the consumer, and that's not normal. And that's not like right at all. And I'm even thinking like email subscription marketing services. Brands are putting out emails, sending one, two emails a day because they think that's what will get them sales and leads. And then there's also probably like second party websites they use to send out these emails, and those emails are selling business to business to those businesses those email subscription sites are trying to grow their sales like everyone's just kind of playing everyone and i don't really know and think i like it but i think a brand lately that i've been really really liking so we'll see how their brand develops is strawberry milk mob it's this girl named georgia from. Um, Canada she designed her own bikinis and I think that's wonderful like I would love to have a bikini line they are super cute my strawberry milk mom bikini came yesterday I tried it on it fits super good I everyone says they're such good quality and I believe it when you I got the Wanda top and bottom when you run it underwater it says like MOB all over it so it's super cool like it's a very very cool design all the ones I've seen on the website are absolutely adorable her bio is like cute bikinis for cute prices like I love that the only email communication I've got from them is like your orders confirmed your order shipped And there's a little tagline that said, be honest, dot, dot, dot. And it said, like, give us a review. And it was just super cute. I remember like the creator posting a TikTok that was like a strawberry covered in like the pink drippy milk, like their logo. And it was like a little strawberry holding a gun. And it was like, you left something in your cart. Like it was a joke. Like that's something one of her sisters like designed to be the exit email. But like, that's funny. And like, that's a cool, genuine brand interaction. And because you're seeing the founder's story, like it's so much more interesting because she grew her brand strawberry milk mom by posting about her personality. She was like, she's the girl on TikTok. You might've seen her. It's like number 97 why I love men and she's a cute little short clip but like she's doing it from her strawberry milk mob brand account and I've been seeing like a lot of videos my entire TikTok I won't even lie to you guys is all like marketing and fashion trend videos and I'm obsessed with it like I love going on TikTok I get so inspired like when I leave the app but and which is also I am mean, being really like TikTok's trying to manipulate me into staying on their app but whatever um <laughs> so anyway she what was where was I going with this Oh, she like basically grew this brand account through her own like personal interactions, and I think, and I was watching a TikTok about how like that's what people want to see. People don't want to be sold to by brands; they want to see founder stories and who people are, and like be a part of it, and like be connected to other people as like a need in the human experience. So it just got me like thinking about marketing, and so I was just say, like, I think Strawberry Milk Club is a brand that's doing it really well. They have a really focused product of these like high quality, but like fun design bikinis, then the founder shares her story on her podcast, on her social media platforms, and it's really fun, well edited, and speaks to its target customer. I think when I talk about, like, marketing, business, and branding, that's what I want to build is I want to build, like, an authentic brand where you feel a part of the community. Like, I literally feel, like, two steps away from the original owner who has, like, thousands of, like, Instagram followers. Like, it literally said, like, oh, Blueberry will get back to you about your order issue because my order, like, didn't ship right. It wasn't their fault. My apartment complex had, like, a weird shipping issue recently. But... Like, she was like, Blueberry will be back to you. Blueberry is, like, her sister. Like, it's one kind. And you just feel so, like, and it might not be Blueberry. It might totally be a customer service representative that, like, she hired. But it just, it felt like a really intimate experience. I thought it was really nice. And I think it's a good model for, I think, where brands should go over, like, just, you know, shooting things into the void and hoping they build something? I don't know. Okay. That's my thought. That's my take. It has nothing to do with my definition of toxicity. It's just what I was thinking about this morning. And yeah. Bye. I... Okay, really quick, like seven minute side onto that thought. Like, so I that was like hours ago. And this like came to mind where I think there's a like deeper concept in the concept of like controlling people versus celebrating people. Like I think bad marketing is when you try and control your customer. When you're like, I want this number of sales. I'm gonna just send out like a million emails and like hope I get them, you know? So that's trying to like, you have a result you want and you wanna control people to act that way. And tying back to my definition of toxic, I think that's when things get toxic. You wanna control someone's actions or say like, I don't know why eating disorder keeps coming to mind. It's just, like, the something I can think of that's, like, toxic on a person where, like, you want to control. There's, like, a desired result you want and you're hyper-fixating on it. And, like... You aren't really taking in other factors that might impact what it is. You're not really addressing the real root of going, what's going on. You just want, like, some kind of a tangible result. And you're willing to kind of, like, put the blinders on, tunnel vision, into getting it. So you're either trying to control a person, like, in a toxic relationship. You're like, I want them to act this way. I want this person to, like, be this perfect boyfriend. And they're just not. Like, for whatever X, Y, Z reasons, they're not doing the things that you want in respect of yourself. But you are so tunnel vision into that result, you won't let it go. Versus celebrating people. Like I think brands that have really good marketing are really good about just like celebrating what they naturally have to offer. They, for example, Strawberry Milk Mom, they have really fun bikinis. They really love their community. I just listened to the third episode of the Strawberry Milk podcast and they were talking about how like the girl's that runs it like genuinely loves like fashion and clothes and traveling and that's reflected in the bikini she designs. Like It's about celebrating people and making such a funny, like even think of Coco Chanel. She revolutionized fashion because she took the big corsets, the poofy skirts. She did away with them. She gave girls short skirts and more like boxy, more shapeless dresses. She was like, no girls, you can like wear what's comfortable and not have to flatter your like physique to shape like what culture expects of you. Like you can wear what you want and look sharp and daring and charming in this way, I tell you too. So like I think really, really strong brands are inherently rooted in celebrating people and i think maybe when you think of things that are toxic that goes into it too for example with um eating disorders like um i think i'll put a trigger sure, warning about being in this episode too because i don't really have one so i don't understand it i just know from like gracie gold's book and janet mccurdy but like um if you're more celebrating all the things your body does like you're coming from a, from a more positive perspective and all the things your body does do and you come from a more positivity and growth mindset like oh i just like want to eat healthier to fuel my body better that's a lot more of, like, a way to celebrate yourself versus having, like, an internal battle for yourself. So then when it comes to, like, friendships, I think like, I was even feeling this, like, this weekend, I went up to Minneapolis, and, like, there were things sometimes my friends would want to do, or I'm like, oh, that's not, like, I do what I want to do, or, like, the movie I'd plan or something, but, like, like, Dodgeball, I didn't want to watch Dodgeball, I was like, that movie looks terrible, like, the, it looks super cringy, why would we watch that? But I watch it and have fun, because I, like, that's, I think, the thing when you let other people into your life, is you're gonna have to go, the only person you can control is you, the only person actions, thoughts, emotions, things you want to do, that you have any form of control over is yourself, um, So like when you're hanging out with friends, like you should just celebrate the things they love, take a chance to learn from it. Maybe it'll become something you love too. If not, you can have like a funny productive argument about it or you can just like let it go and celebrate that they see beauty in something you don't see beauty in itself. That's a beautiful thing and that's lovely and that's wonderful. And I also think there's like different strands of people. I think there are people who inherently have some gene that like, I don't know, not gene in a DNA way. I was watching like the gospel episode today where like Blair's like, I have the scheme gene. Like I'm thinking more like you just have this where some people are inherently driven by wanting to control people some people want power I think many people really want power I don't know what it is I don't have it I have literally zero control to have anyone look up to me and give me power like even when I'm coaching skating like I don't really see myself as their superior at all I see myself like on their plane giving them advice like I just don't have it I don't know if I'll grow it when I become a mom or something I think I'm just fully lacking it and will always lack it I don't have it like I have no want in my life trouble and I also I don't really have a want in my life at all for money the only thing I want money for is for like the experience and the lifestyle I want but I don't want like the actual money itself does that make sense where I know some people who are very very money driven they are very like they want a certain particular lifestyle I know I just I want a certain lifestyle but like not I don't know But anyways, but I think there's people who are more, I think I'm very driven in, like, celebration. Like, I just want everyone to be, like, happy and find their dreams and find their purpose and feel really connected. Um, And if I can do something to help people reach that dream, great. If not, like, do it yourself and I'll just watch it on. I'll do my thing and you can watch it on. It'll be great. We can build off each other. Where I think maybe that can be where a lot of toxicity comes from and a lot of negative energy when you come from a place of trying to control something versus trying to celebrate something. I don't know. There's a thought I had in my head. I'm sure there's ways that counter that and things that show that like control can be good because I'm trying to think of my like team USA team obviously my coach had to control us we're a bunch of like little hormonal teenagers that she's trying to make into a team USA team so like I'm sure she there's even tactics she used to like mentally manipulate us to like work harder and stay in control and have like an iron fist and like help us get the goals we wanted so I think there's instances where like control can be good and like as a mother you need to control your child somehow but like how can you do that kind of, is there another word for it besides, I think it's not control. It's more like guide. You want to guide people to, and by celebrating the traits they have best, bring out the best in them and guide them to a better path versus actually, you can't control anything. Even the things you think you're controlling, you're not. There's outside circumstances. Like life is bigger than you are. You, there's literally nothing you can control. Like if I'm being honest, like you can line up your life as perfect as you want. Like when one thing's up, another thing's down, you can be like super happy in your relationship. You might be stressed out at work. You could have the best career of your life. might not have time for relationship and those are just two examples there's friendship family traveling art nourishment like there is never a point in your life when like every single point in your soul is going to line up and be perfect and that's good that's normal that's the human experience and that's just what it is so I think if you just like celebrate the things you have to celebrate and like learn from the things that don't go well that is the only way to move forward but like so that's me that's my mindset I literally have no need to control anything in my life like I feel like life just kind of happens, like I'm just like a little fish in the river like I'm just swimming in the current and I'm enjoying it like I'm just swimming and having fun and trying to live in the healthiest happiest little river and get to the rivers that make me happy you know and like predators are gonna you know they're gonna fly up above you but like you don't have to engage with them you can just swim lower and get away like wither, you know I don't know and like predators got you too I don't know I don't know where I'm taking this metaphor. for it's going too far it's gone but, like, I don't know. So I think it'd be interesting to talk to someone who has a different perspective and maybe is more control-driven. Because I feel like I've met a lot of people like that. Or maybe not people who are, like, fully, like, controls the only thing I care about. But, like, at least partially. Think of, like, helicopter parents or stuff. There are certain people that have some kind of aspect to getting control. Some of it's for their job. Like, a teacher needs some, some form of control to, like, you know, be able to do their job and run the classroom. Or, like, in my job, there are things I want to control in the maximum I can. Like, I'm a buyer, so I want to, like, maximize the sales for my fashion company, like... Um, selling as many good clothes as I can. But thing things, I can't control the weather. Like, when it gets cold, people shop less because I want to stay home. Like, I, some trends just don't. Hey, I can't control, like, the cost of vendors giving me. Like, there's a lot of things I can't control as much as, like, I would like, as long as my, much my job would like me to. But when you go from a more celebration mindset where I'm like, okay, let me take the best pieces these designers have to celebrate the bodies of, like, the women I'm dressing then that's when the sales are naturally going to drive themselves versus like getting honed in on like this is so nice I've been so long been struggling with this one part of myself and I feel like I'm finally kind of figuring it out so I feel like there's a lot of instances where I over or under think like I've always been told slow down like relax good things will happen to you like and even in my career sometimes I feel that where I'm like oh, I just want to be in the next step I want to like do more but then it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. you're already doing a lot like just should be quiet just live your life do what you want everything will work out like that's one thing I've learned myself I don't think I'm a very patient person like in some way I think I'm in an interpersonal way I'm a very patient person I'm like person to person I have a long patience for my close friends my family members like I don't ignite easily but I think when it comes to my personal life and when I want something instant gratification like I want it like say I was at work with literally a cup of coffee next to me and I was like okay here's my coffee and I was craving the taste of a bubbler so I popped open a bubbler I had a water and a coffee drink your water. You know. You drink two cups of water a day. You need more water or drink the coffee you made this morning. Buy I open the bubbler. Like, I even knew as I was doing it, I was like, girl, why did you give me that instant gratification? Like, just put it off. And like, when I want something, I go online and I buy it. Like, no, don't do that. Like, just sit down, just stop it. Like say no to your instant thought and like sit and relax. Um, I don't know where that was going with what I was saying, but anyway, so there's a lot of things in my life where I like, I've been told slow down don't overthink it and like there's a lot of times I've felt very very in my element because I just stopped overthinking I just relaxed got down to the core of myself and did what I want to do and it turned out great like really really good great and I think that's when I'm in that moment of celebration where I'm more in just living my life like loving what other people do loving what I do and that's how I feel my best however I feel like it's very hard to get into that spot I feel like I'm only fully in that zone like maybe 10% of the day the rest I'm like kind of into it parts of it are playing into the decisions I'm making but I am overthinking a lot and I talked about in this one episode my personality there's like a whole there's like a yellow red green blue sector of a personality test I think I'm always struggling between my yellow and my green side so yellow is very creative that's how I feel honed in my craft I'm on the celebration side of life and th- good things just come to me because I feel confident in who I am I feel open to new experiences and I'm not over planning every single move so and then this personality test I took it was through like a school like it's an expensive test like it's not just a little buzzfeed quiz it's like a big personality test whatever my other side is when I get stressed I spiral green so green is logical in the form of like organization like google calendar have every point planned like have a plan a b c d and counterplanned plan e you know and I think Sometimes that's a great thing. I think in many ways it helps a lot in my life I'm so organized and do overthink every single situation. I have a million backup plans to any given like social or work dilemma that can come in my life. Like I'm very hyper aware of everything that's going on and care about everything. But I think sometimes that becomes my downfall a lot, where it's like I'm getting so honed in, I'm over stressing myself out. When if I just let myself shine and be better, so I think that might be the balance in myself. I need a lot better as always picking like celebration and positivity and just letting my organizational side aid that, but let it kind of be the means to the end, not the end of the means. Does that make sense? So, like, I want my celebration, yellow creativity, happy place, relaxed Anita to be who I am like 90% of the time and like let that inspiration flow for me and then let like green, logical, overthinking, must have everything planned, plan A, like survival instinct, creepy, scary Anita. Just just relax her and just like use my organizational skills to like plan the right meanings, make the right connections, like excel in the best ways without overthinking them, overanalyzing them, being crazy. So, TBD on how I'm going to do that. I don't really know yet, but I'm excited to figure that out. Wow. This is literally part of myself I've been struggling with for so long. Like because you know, I to reach this yellow creative zone where I feel the best, most successful, where I make the best connections, find the best people in my life, commit the projects I'm most proud of, I feel like I'm trying less. Does that make sense? Like I feel like the times I'm skating where I'm really good, I just turn my brain off and I get in the zone and I just feel the music and I just do it. I'm sure even for this podcast, I think some of my best clips and episodes are the ones where I'm probably not planning and overthinking, and I just go and be inherently in myself and in who I am, but then I don't know how to reach there and be there all the time like I feel like more often than not I'm on the side where I'm trying to figure out how to get there and I'm always thinking 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 and like planning and making steps and I kind of like a part of that process to an extent but I think that need for control is what's like hindering my ability to be open and experience my life like the best fullest way I can get it maybe I don't know I don't know it's something I've genuinely been struggling with is like because I have been told by, like, a lot of different mentors, peers, coaches that I give my 110, 100,000% 100, everything I do. And it's really true. Like, I I don't know how to half butt anything in my whole life. Like, there's nothing in my life that I half butt. I, everything that is comes across my plate, I'm like, boom, let's make it perfect. Let's make the best thing ever on this entire plate. And I think sometimes giving my 110% is what I think I'm doing. And I'm trying everything in my power. Like I'm working so hard with my cognition front of my brain to like get the things I want. But then if I just relaxed, let go, stop thinking about all of it, I'll be able to organically give a thousand percent and produce a better result. But it's because I stopped thinking about how to do it. I'm always like, how do I get in the zone of where I'm at my best without pushing myself to get there because when I push myself I still give 110 but I don't hit that like wonderful majestic a thousand like perfect I don't know how to do it and I think talking this out really helped so thank you guys for listening I sound like a crazy person right now and I probably am so okay do you guys also ever think like am I just crazy and have the nuttiest thoughts ever but then As you guys can probably tell by this episode, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. I'm like, wow, so many people have the exact same ideas I have. Maybe they're not crazy at all. Maybe I've never had an original thought in my whole life. Like, say I was listening to Strawberry Milk Pod. Finally said it right. Yay. And the guy on it was talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, I'd like when I'm broken up with, I'd almost rather be cheated on because you have like an instant way to hate the person. You can just move on. I'm like, yeah, I came up with that thought on my own one day. Like I just woke up in the night thinking that and now other people have it too. Like it's not even that revolutionary of thought. Like whatever. Um, and another thought I've like had in the back of my mind for a really long time, and I actually did an entire like research paper on an undergrad, and this is something I talk about more. I think we should get more credit for the things we do in school and undergrad. Even though week-long projects, they're hard you learn a lot of new things people are so smart i feel like you get your degree and then no one ever talks about it again i'm like what did i slave away all night for you know like i then no one cares about that once you get in the workforce because i guess everyone gets a bachelor's but like it'd be so interesting to hear about everyone's different perspectives and thought process to get where they got to go like no one ever talks about that again and i care i care i want to know about your class projects i want to know um anyways now what on earth was the second point so I have to like pause this clip rewind and figure out the point I was making oh 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 survival okay so back my freshman year I did this holy like couple month long project for a really really hard class it was basically like a creativity class and you can't just like turn on paper for your things like most people would fail this class so we had this business core at Miami where it's eight credits um two credits four classes and you would think that like the business computing and coding one would be the hardest and like tactically in a lot of ways it was. But the one most people got the lowest grades in was the creativity one because you really had to push the envelope and show professors things they never seen before. So I did this project on like fear and how fear impacts behavior, human emotion, marketing, business, everything. And I found through all my research that human fear is very primal. Like, the way we've evolved with technology, like, the way culture's evolved to how fast humans have biologically evolved is a huge gap. We have, like, exponentially, crazily fast evolved as far as technology, lifestyle. But as far as we literally biologically evolved compared to, like, bacteria becoming an alligator, like, you know... Um, compared to like the actual biological evolution has been very slow. So our brains are still like, oh my gosh, a wolf is chasing me. That fear is the same fear you get when like the guy like doesn't like you back. Like now our primal fears about literal survival instincts have become social fears because before you had to like hunt and forage your own food. Now your job pays for your food. So if work stresses you out, that stresses you out. Like stress, anxiety are just really, really primal manifestations of Fear that we would have had as like cavemen they're just now being applied to a modern society because our brain doesn't comprehend that the risks are lower like they feel at the same level so and I figured this out in my freshman year of college like four years ago just now Emma Chamberlain it's currently what day is it when I'm filming this February 28th I think like two days ago Emma Chamberlain released a podcast about stress with a real doctor like a doctor who studies stress and she just said all those things I said she says them a lot better so go listen to that podcast if you like that's just crazy where I'm like I thought I found this really cool thing that really helped me tap into this inner mystery of life boom everyone knows it like it's not I guess not everyone but you know okay not related to the original or even was the original topic of this episode nothing sweet nothing but oh would that be a cute title for today sweet nothing and delusions yeah that's what it's gonna be and I'm literally gonna just make the little like promotional post I do for this a duck swimming on top of the swimming pool and that's gonna be the post you guys get for today Okay. Love you so much. I'm literally going to go design it right now. Bye.